G'day, g'day! Welcome to Game Day with Gabe. I'm your host, Gabe the Babe, and you're about to get an insight to the college football world. What's up, Cougs fans? Today, I'm going to be talking about Oregon at Washington, BYU's takeaways from their poor performance at TCU, new Big 12 rankings, and some more NFL news, and some thrilling games. Number 7, Penn State playing at number 3, Ohio State. Let's get it started with Oregon at Washington. This was by far the best game of the week. In college football, it was a snoozer. There were no upsets, but Oregon-Washington was a great game. The game was played at Washington, and it was very close all game long. I see that the win probability was uh, favoring both teams, and it went really high to Oregon at the end, and then it dropped down to Washington after they got a touchdown. So, first quarter, Washington goes up 7, Oregon ties it up. Uh, they actually take the lead 8-7 after going for 2, and Washington takes the lead 14-8. to Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Washington goes up 29-18. to And then Oregon goes up 23-29 with 12 minutes left in the game. And then Washington fails to get a successful drive, and they have a couple three and outs. Oregon has the ball with two minutes left, and they fail to convert a third down run, and it's fourth and two at the 50-yard line-ish. And so if they get the first down, it's game over, and Oregon wins. They go for two, it's incomplete, and then Washington gets the ball back. And the Washington fans are ecstatic because Michael Penix Jr. has had a really good game so far, but he's had a bad couple past series. So they're hoping that he gets back on track, finds his guys, and sure enough, two plays later, he's got a wide receiver in the end zone for a touchdown. It was a two-play scoring drive, and just like that, Washington took the lead 36-33. to Oregon then had a final chance to tie with a field goal, or they could have taken the lead with a touchdown. But after Washington's two passes, 35 yards and 18 yards, they just got a touchdown, went up. Oregon had a missed field goal, and they did not win. They lost 33-36 to on the missed field goal because they couldn't get in touchdown. Uh, they couldn't get a touchdown or uh, a closer field goal. It was over 40 yards. So Oregon missed the field goal, Washington fans stormed the field, and they'd won the game. So it was an amazing game, and really happy, a really happy day for those Washington fans, and it was a great game, very entertaining. Some other takeaways, BYU's offense is really bad, especially when we play Big 12 defenses. TCU's defense showed our offense up, our first series of the drive, we threw a pick six, and then we just went three and out over and over. I think we had 10 three and outs or unsuccessful drives and too many punts. It was a really lousy game on offense. Keaton Slovis could not find any open guys, and our run game once again continued to get going. And basically, once you don't have a run game, the defense will just push back into coverage, and it makes it really hard to find windows for your passing game. So if you can't run the ball, then your throwing game isn't going to have much success either, and you don't have much of an offense then. So it all starts with the run game, which starts with the offensive line. And BYU's had troubles with their offensive line all year. We need to figure this out. Hopefully we get it figured out, but I'm not thinking so. I'm thinking that Texas Tech probably comes into BYU and wins, but it'll be a decent game. 
because we get to play at home. It's homecoming. And I think BYU will have a better chance to win than playing at TCU in the day. BYU will play Texas Tech at night, and that will be primetime, 5 o'clock on FS1. So that will be a decent game. And there's some previous um, college pick and picks that I'd like to share with you. Last week, I had a really successful day in picking all my college football games. Every week I do pick them, so I'm going to share with you last week's picks. And it was pretty fun, because the spread picks went really well, which is surprising. I think I had 8 or 7 wins, and the standard picks also went very well. Okay, to start things off with the standard picks, last week, James Madison won. Oregon Ducks did not win, Kansas did not win, but Tennessee, Georgia State, Missouri, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Oregon State, Duke, they all won. So, we got two wrong. That's 8-2 and two in the standard picks. That's really good. And then spread picks, I got Alabama right um, to not cover. I got Vanderbilt right. I got Michigan, Utah, Oregon, Penn State. I picked Air Force and Louisville wrong, but I got Arizona and LSU. So, I went 8-2 and two in spread picks and standard picks. Now, that's really good for spread picks because that's a 50-50 chance going your way. So, I must have done my research really well last week because I had a really successful week in Pick'em, and it's fun when you do that well. And the spread for Oregon at Washington was 3.5. Oregon lost by a field goal. That's three points. So, they still covered the spread. And so, all the people who bet on Washington to win and cover did not win. But if you bet for Washington outright, just between the two teams, betting on Washington would have been the thing to do. Now, moving on to the NFL, because there were some great NFL games, like the Eagles at the Jets. The Jets pulled off an amazing upset, 20-14 at home, in the Big Apple, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Why they won, I think the X factor, was because Jalen Hurts through three interceptions. The Jets' defense is very talented. When you have a pass rush that constantly gets pressure on the quarterback and forces him to make rushed and not thought through throws, then he will make mistakes and there will be interceptions. And that's just what happens Sunday. The Jets won 20 to 14. It was, uh, they were down 13 to 14 late in the game. They got an interception with about a minute 30 left in the game. And that got them all the way to the 8-yard line after running it back. Brees Hall then punched it in to give the Jets the 20-14 to lead. They were down 12-14. to All they needed was a field goal, but they got a touchdown, and that was enough. The Eagles then had a failed fourth down conversion late in the game. The Jets got it back, and they won. So, kudos to the Jets. Zach Wilson had a decent game. No interceptions, but also no touchdowns and he only had about a 60% completion rate. There's a lot of room for improvement, but he managed the ball just well enough to not force any turnovers, force any passes, so that's improvement for Zach Wilson. He had 186 yards, and Jalen Hurts had 280, but he had three interceptions, and that was the difference in the game. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, some of their two-year talented offensive players, Garrett Wilson had 8 receptions for 90 yards. Brees Hall had 39 yards, 12 carries, and a touchdown. So, the Jets had a successful day. I think that this win is a significant milestone 
and it will help them as they continue to strive for the playoffs, if that's their goal. And the Eagles, unbeaten, go down. Now they're 5-1 and one, and not the best team in the NFC anymore. So, the 49ers also lost on Sunday, 17-19 at the Browns. They missed a game-winning field goal attempt in Cleveland that would have won the game. But part of the reason that they lost was because Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, their two best players on offense, both got injured. And when you lose your two best offensive players, you're going to be scrambling to find the night, the right pieces, the right people to throw it to and run it with. So Christian McCaffrey luckily suffered a long-term injury and he will return later in the year. This is really good for the Niners because he is the leading candidate for the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and he's really been playing like it. The way he's been playing, by running for over 100 yards every game, and also getting a lot of receptions as well, has been pristine. And Brock Purdy is making so much um, improvement in his NFL career because he was the last pick in the NFL draft. Now, he's leading the most successful West Coast offense out in the West Coast at San Francisco, and the 49ers are doing very well. He is managing their offense by throwing the ball to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey, and he's not getting sacked as much. And when you just throw the ball efficiently and accurately, he's not doing anything special, but he is doing an amazing job at leading scoring drives, and the 49ers are thriving, and their defense is also the best West Coast defense there is, with Nick Bosa spearheading the pass rush. They get pressure on the quarterback, and then Fred Warner leading the linebackers. They're very good at stopping the run. And because of those two combinations, offenses can't do much against the Niners. And if they try to make rush decisions, it'll probably result in a fumble or an interception. So, this is the latest update from the NFL world. It's fun to see that playing out. Now, I'll move on to my Big 12 Power Rankings. Gabe the Babes. Big 12 Power Rankings. I make it every week, and I rank the teams 1-14, to 14, all the teams in the Big 12, based on who I think has the best chance for success later in the year. My Big 12 Rankings. Leading off the list at number 1 is Oklahoma. Until they lose, Oklahoma is going to be at my number 1 spot, followed by Texas because Oklahoma beat Texas in the Red River rivalry, and that will basically determine who gets the number one and number two spot. Number three, a team moving way up in my rankings, Iowa State. Why I think Iowa State deserves this is because they've beat some tough competition. They have done really well lately, and they've put together a winning streak. They're now 4-2 and two and doing really well in the Big 12, and their only losses come to Iowa and I believe Oklahoma. But those two teams are both really good teams. So considering that Iowa State has had a very successful year, and I think it'll be troublesome when they come visit BYU and Provo. I think they will beat BYU and Provo. Number four, we have TCU. Yes, they just absolutely manhandled BYU with a backup quarterback. Now, I'm not sure if that's a reflection on BYU and how much we need to improve, or if it's just how good TCU has improved. Because TCU used to be struggling pretty bad. Without their starting quarterback, they still destroyed us, 41-11. to 11. Something that I just want to forget, because it was embarrassing. 
and I started watching halfway, th- stopped watching halfway through the game. But TCU showed that they play really well on defense when motivated, and they play really well on offense just doing the simple plays, like a slant route. They did that slant route against BYU over and over, and it worked over and over again. So I'm going to give TCU up to my number four ranking, moving up big time. Number five, West Virginia. West Virginia falls a couple spots in my rankings because they lost to Houston on the road. And Houston is not a great team. Houston was playing at home, and they had some explosive plays, but they won on a Hail Mary. So, gotta respect Houston for that, beating West Virginia 41-39 after West Virginia just got a 4th and 7 conversion all the way 60 yards for a house call. So basically, how it lined up is that West Virginia had a 4th and 7, they were down against Houston, and if they didn't get this conversion, they would lose the game. The quarterback throws it deep on a post route. The guy catches it and runs in stride, beats the defenders, and gets a touchdown. So then, Houston has just 20 seconds or so to get a touchdown. And basically, they just throw the ball and get a man, get him out of bounds. They have two seconds left on the clock. They're about the 50-yard line, so they try a Hail Mary. The quarterback rolls out to the side. And then he's being chased by pressure, so he has to fling it up in the air with no idea where it goes. It lands at about the five-yard line. It's tipped up in the air, caught by a Houston wide receiver running forward. He barrels into the end zone, and they score the Hail Mary. That's a win for them, 41-39, to and they upset West Virginia at home. It was a great game. Thursday night football, that's what you get. Number six, Kansas State. Kansas State won again this week, so I'm going to move them up in my rankings. Number seven is Kansas. Kansas lost at Oklahoma State. I'm I'm respecting Oklahoma State because they've sure turned the season around, considering they lost to South Alabama earlier in the year at home. So, they get my number eight ranking. Number nine, Texas Tech. They won again this last week, and, and they won 49-24. to So, I think Texas Tech is a really good offense. And number 10, BYU. We just fall fell a lot in my rankings because we played so poorly against TCU, and there's not much to be said there, so they drop. Number 11, Houston. Moving up because of that big upset against West Virginia. I think Houston is going to ride the momentum to an extent because they're not just going to turn around and win all the games on the schedule, but they're still going to be a better team after beating West Virginia and getting more confidence. Number 12, Baylor. Baylor's been a bit of a uh, loser this year because they've lost a lot of games that are winnable. And the one highlight is that comeback against UCF, the largest in school history, where they came back 21 points in the fourth quarter. That was amazing. But they haven't showed, they haven't played to their uh, to their potential so far this year. So they're dropping pretty far, number 12. Number 13, UCF. And number 14, Cincinnati. The two newcomers from the AAC are not performing as well as they'd like, so they get the last two spots. Alright, now time to move on to the thrilling games this week. Penn State at Ohio State. Straight up, that's number 7 at number 3, and the games don't get much better than that. This will be Gabe's game, I think college game day is going here, and it will be hyped, because Big Ten... You don't get this every day, and this will have playoff implications because Ohio State and Penn State are both 6-0, both undefeated. 
and Ohio State gets to play at home this time. Last year, they played each other, and it was a close game, but Ohio State won on the road. Penn State will be seeking its revenge. I think that Penn State will have the chance to pull off the upset. This will be a 10 a.m. game on Fox. Saturday, number 7 at number 3. It'll be a great game. Another good game is Tennessee at Alabama. That's number 17 at number 11. This will be at 1.30 on CBS. And Tennessee has another chance for an upset, but considering Alabama has really strung it together lately, and I respect Alabama, so I'm going to say that Alabama is going to win that game. Michigan at Michigan State. This game might not be a good one because Michigan might just blow them out of the water. But remember what's happened in previous years? That one punt that got dropped and then Michigan State returned it for a touchdown to win the game at Michigan Field just a few years ago. Think back in 2015, there was this crazy play. And now Michigan State gets to play at home and maybe they pull off a wild upset again. We'll see though. I think Michigan probably wins this game. This will be 5.30, that game. So the, all, all the good games are spread out in different time slots so that you can watch the first game, Penn State at Ohio State, move over to Tennessee at Alabama, then Michigan at Michigan State. We also have Duke at Florida State and Utah at USC. I like Duke at Florida State because Duke's 5-1, and one, their only loss coming in a close game to Notre Dame, who's a very good team. So I think Duke's had a really successful year so far. Their quarterback, Riley Leonard, has 912 yards, only three touchdown passes, but he's got a lot of rushing yards, and he's successfully led uh, efficient offense. He only has one interception. But Jordan Travis, 13 touchdowns, 1,500 passing yards, and only one interception. That is the definition of a Heisman-caliber quarterback. Michael Penix Jr., probably Jordan Travis, and Jaden Daniels, are the front three um, front three candidates for the Heisman Trophy right now. And that's just the best all-around player in college football, an award given at the end of the year. And Florida State's been performing really well on offense and defense. They beat Syracuse 41-3. They beat Clemson 31-24 on the road in overtime. That was a statement win that they needed. And at the start of the year, they beat LSU. And so they have enough statement wins to get them in the playoff. If they run the table and maybe even get one loss, they still can make the playoff. But Duke, on the other hand, let's look at Duke. They've been playing pretty well. They beat NC State 24-3, and they haven't played much tough schedule. But they're ranked number 16 in the country, and they've been playing really well against their schedule. Their only loss coming on a heartbreaker to Notre Dame. And like I said, Notre Dame is a really good team. I've got to respect Duke. And going into Florida State, into Tallahassee, Florida, that's not easy. But there's a chance for an upset there. Because I'm not sure Florida State is 100% going into this game. They have had a lot of tests recently. And there's a chance for Duke to get the upset. And while many look at it statistically... I think there's always a chance for an upset in college football. So never count it down. Never um, count it out that Duke could get the upset. Utah at USC will be number 14 at number 16. This will be 6 p.m. And it will be another game in the Pac-12 that kind of decides these two 
team's fates. So Utah and USC both have one loss. USC is coming to, let's see, to Notre Dame just last week, 48-20. to 20. They really got showed up last week. I predicted that one right, that Notre Dame would beat them. Utah lost to Oregon State. Both teams are really good. I think that, you know, it'll be a, a game that decides their bowl games. The winner of this game will probably move on and play in, like, the Alamo Bowl. Or the loser of this game might just move on to the Independence Bowl or, like, the Sun Bowl. Whatever they have to play in. And, basically, Utah might lose this game because they're playing on the road at USC. And USC doesn't lose much at home. They're pretty good. And so Utah might have a bit of a bit of a wake-up call against USC. We'll see how that game goes. I think Utah has a chance to beat USC because their starting quarterback is going to be out for a long time. Cam Rising may not return at all this year. So good luck to Utah and USC in their back 12 games, and there is some good ones. Penn State at Ohio State, definitely headlining it. That's one you have to check out. Because it's not every day you see a top 10 Big Ten matchup. It's basically the first time the Big Ten has had a game that actually matters in the grand scheme of things. So it'd be interesting to check it out and see how the winners play. Depending on who wins this game, they're basically going to make the playoff assuming they run the table. But they might not run the table. And it might they might get split one win and then lose in the conference championship. We'll see. It's a good thing to keep your eye on. I'll keep my eye on for it, and I'll keep you updated. All right, I'm going to move on to College Pick'em for Week 8 of college football. Welcome to College Pick'em with Gabe the Babe. My first pick, I'll be picking the spread this week. It'll be Penn State at Ohio State. The spread is 4.5 to Ohio State. I think Penn State will win outright in this game and get the upset on Ohio State's field. And shock the college football world. It will be crazy. There are going to be some upsets this week. I'm picking Penn State to cover that spread. UCF at Oklahoma. 19.5 to Oklahoma. Because both teams are coming off a bye week, they both have an even advantage, and I usually give the teams that have a bye week as a disadvantage because they're rusty. But since they're both coming off a bye week and Oklahoma's playing at home, 19.5, Shouldn't be too much of a problem for them. I'm picking Oklahoma. Air Force at Navy. I'm picking Navy, and it's 9.5 to Air Force. Navy is probably going to cover that spread. Tennessee at Alabama, number 17 at number 11. Spread is 9.5 to Alabama. I think Alabama will cover this spread because they've looked really good lately. And Tennessee's won last year, but Alabama is going to win this year, I think. And they're probably going to cover. That's my that's my prediction. Number 8, Texas at Houston Cougars. The spread is 22.5 to Texas. Now, Houston just beat West Virginia. While keeping that in mind, I'm going to go with the Houston Cougars to cover. I don't know about win outright. Probably not because Texas is Texas. But 22.5, I think they can cover that at home. Virginia at number 10, North Carolina. 23.5. I think North Carolina will win and win by more than 23.5, so I'm picking them. Number two, Michigan. At Michigan State, the spread is 24.5 to Michigan. That is a big spread in a rivalry game. But you know what? I think Michigan's going to come in there, and I think Michigan's going to beat Michigan State good. 
But I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State also got the upset. Who knows? It's a rivalry. Duke at Florida State. I'm going to pick Duke. It's 14.5 to Florida State. I think Duke can cover that. I think Duke has a chance to pull off the upset this week. So that might be my upset pick of the week. Just keep an eye on that game. Duke at Florida State. It might be an upset. Army at number 19, LSU. The spread is 30.5. This is a bit of a strategic pick for me. I'm picking Army in this game because they use the triple threat offense. That is a run, run, run. And when you run the ball, the clock runs and it drains more time off the clock. That leaves less time for LSU to score on offense. And that leaves less time to cover a 30.5 spread. I think Army will cover the spread of 30.5 in this game. That's my prediction. And finally, Arizona State at Washington. 28.5 to Washington. Who just won against Oregon. And now they're ranked number 5. And I'm going to go with Washington to cover this spread. They've looked really good and Arizona State has looked pretty bad lately. And how many points will be scored in Penn State at Ohio State? I think 75. So, there you have my picks. And now, I'm going to share with you my BYU prediction for this week. I think BYU plays 5 p.m. FS1. I think we win by 7, 31 to 24. We've definitely been outplayed on offense, and we've gained 306 yards on average this year. That's total yards on offense, like an average per game this year. So on average, we get 306 yards per game. And last year, it was 426. That is a big, big gap. And it should not be that big. We need to up our game on offense. The year before that, it was 453 back in 2021. And in 2020, we were averaging 522 offensive yards per game. Okay, that is crazy. To be fair, it was the COVID year in 2020, and we were playing a bunch of easy teams. But we still need to play better offense, because the stats show that our offense has been more successful lately, but not this year. And it's just gone downhill all the way since 2020. We need to get this offense figured out really fast. The kickoff time for BYU at Texas next week was just announced Monday. It will be 1.30 p.m. on ABC, pretty much prime time. BYU has shown that they have played poorly in afternoon games, and they have excelled at playing at night, and that's where they get their upsets. Because this is an afternoon game, I think Texas will blow BYU out of the water. However, it will still be a really fun game to experience to go to Austin, hook them horns, and see what they... Texas is a big host for college football. College football Saturday is huge there, and the game day experience is amazing. So, BYU-Texas next week should be good. The uniform combos for Texas Tech this week is going to be royal blue, because that's what sports BYU true blue colors. And finally, Gabe's game is Penn State at Ohio State. Number seven, nationally ranked, at number three, nationally ranked. That'll be 10 a.m. on Fox, too. And that will be an amazing game with big playoff implications. And it's Gabe's game, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to Game Day with Gabe. Gabe the Babe is lit, and I'm always happy to share my insights into the college football world. I have a special invitation just for you. If you like this podcast, 
please share with a fellow friend and a fellow avid Cougs fan. I'm trying to make it to a thousand listeners on Spotify, so if you could share on Spotify, that would be preferable. If I can make it to a thousand Spotify listeners, then I can put in ads and keep this podcast going. And Gabe the Babe will be here to stay. Thank you so much for listening. As always, go Cougs!